today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Lots going on this week in Ottawa, of course, with the inquiry continuing. Uh, last week, of course, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, spent, uh, well, a fair bit of time in Ottawa talking uh, with his counterpart, of course, Melanie Jolie, but also with Christy Freeland, the Deputy Prime Minister. Uh, and uh, now there were photo ops and some statements released, etc. But usually what goes on behind closed doors and what's discussed behind closed doors uh, is uh, far more intriguing. Uh, to get some insight into that, we're pleased to welcome back to the program Elliot Tepper. Uh, Elliot, of course, is an emeritus professor of political science at Carleton University. Uh, Elliot, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us this morning. Uh, thank you. Good morning, Bill. The uh, the, the essence of, of the message we got from uh, Secretary Blink and from uh, Minister Jolie seemed to be uh, a, a tighter sense of cooperation between the two countries. Uh, the world's a different place than it was uh, six months ago with, with what's going on, certainly with Ukraine, but even uh, in the South China Sea, uh, where China seems to be exerting its influence, uh, but not just in the South China Sea. They're looking at the Arctic right now, too. Uh, what kind of discussions uh, specifically do you think they were having behind closed doors about Canada and, and what we should be doing uh, with rela in relation to some of these activities? Yes, this was a relationship-strengthening visit, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah. Uh, Tony Blinken made his first official visit here. I, they've had uh, virtual meetings in the past, but uh, he has now completed his round of the visits to G7 countries. We were the last of those, but uh, of course we are close neighbors and close in touch in all kinds of ways. Yes, I think the, the public announcements that came out dealt primarily with Haiti and with Canada take a part, but beyond that, and you're quite right, behind the scenes in particular, this was all about closing ranks in the face of a rising and belligerent China in, in all kinds of different ways. Canada has announced this time we are applying for membership in something called <clears throat> the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework for Prosperity. This was announced by Joe Biden a while ago. It's really not a free trade pact. It's really to coordinate among 14 countries a policy toward an emerging China. China was not invited to uh, to be a, a founding member. They're not, they're excluded. It's clearly one of a whole string now of new institutions being put in place, new structures to deal with a, a, an emergent and very belligerent China. We were not invited initially. It was, I thought, quite embarrassing. But we also haven't been invited to some other emerging, I guess we'd call them security infrastructures, something called AUKUS, which I call awkward because of its founding. But in other ways, in this case, what we have now announced as a result of this meeting is, yes, Canada will be applying. Uh, Tony Blinken said, hey, we're, we'll support you, but we also want to uh, check with our allies. We can't do this just on our own. But also Canada and uh, the United States announced quietly they're setting up a new coordinating joint committee or cons consultative mechanism specifically to deal with the Indo-Pacific. I'm very pleased to see that happening. Uh, we're late to the game, as you mentioned. Uh, we weren't even in discussions. Uh, what changed uh, and who changed their minds on this? I know Australia was uh, rather critical of Canada over the last uh, couple of months about their lack of participation uh, in, in the politics uh, that's going on uh, south of the equator, I guess, these days. Uh, Australia, of course, has, a, I guess, a, a keener interest in it. I mean, they're, they're in the same neighborhood as China these days, right. and they see it and feel what's going on. Uh, in the South China Sea. Uh, what role does Canada have to play here? And, and why all of a sudden do you think our, our membership in this organization has become more acceptable to them? This organization is not 
um, a critical or central organization. It's, it's an emerging consultative group uh, primarily, but more broadly speaking, Canada has to make up its mind seriously mm -hmm. and then on a continuing basis, whether we are or, or are not, as we keep saying, a, a true member. Uh, <laughs> Madame Jolie was in, in Korea and in Japan recently and said, I'm in the neighborhood. Well, we have to make up our minds. Are we really in the neighborhood? Uh, the long, long, long delayed Indo-Pacific strategy, I think, will be announced very imminently. This is a broad framework, and I have my own, um, my own wish list on this. I don't want this long-awaited strategy to be a just policy framework. I'm looking for it to have some substance, that is, real mechanisms for implementation of anchoring Canada in the, uh, in the region, and also very substantial new resources, because one reason we're left, uh, left out of things recently in, in very disturbing ways is we don't tend to bring a lot to the table. Now I think this op opportunity arises and our prime minister is going to the G20 meeting in Bali. I'm very envious, Bill, in Bali. <laughs> uh, he could maybe possibly be announcing our strategy there. We have to really say we are serious this time. We are in Asia. We're in the Indo-Pacific to stay and to make a difference. Is, is part of the message here from uh, Secretary Blinken and, and by extension, of course, the Biden administration, uh, is that, look, we can't do this all by ourselves all the time. We're going to have to have somebody else pulling some of their weight here, too. Uh, for example, in Haiti, uh, yeah, I got the sense that they were looking for Canada to take almost a lead role in, in, the, uh, in the humanitarian efforts in that country. Yes, the, the broader message and the repeated and um, emphatic message from Joe Biden is that the United States is going to take the lead and wants Canada to be a partner in up, upholding the uh, uh, liberal international order. Canada's great strength has always been in multilateralism. So the, pro the prospect now is that we have an emerging China, along, of course, with Russia, trying to reshape what's going on in Europe as autocracies against democracies. Uh, Joe Biden has played a major leadership role and definitely wants Canada to join in on all kinds of measures to sustain a in the case of Asia, the free and open Indo-Pacific, that's a, a Japanese framework, but uh, we need to find ways to show that we are partners. And we've had a very interesting, perhaps you've been reading about it, Bill, the, the uh, deputy prime minister and also finance minister and former foreign minister was at, at the Brookings Institute and said, we now basically are declaring we want to be part of something um, so that we deal with our partners uh, in those democracies working together against autocracies. And we are now going to try to find a way so that if supply chains are going to be uh, reorganized, it will be reorganized around the world uh, to deal with those countries who are like us. And if we have difficulties, at least it will be among friends. So it's a, this, this, uh, concept is emerging that we need to organize among ourselves those who are committed and joe biden would like this uh the united states would like this at least until the next u.s election uh would like to have canada as a partner well and that's right along the lines of uh the the, the friend showing that uh, christy freeland yes, was talking exactly. about i know you and i had a conversation about that last week i guess it was yes. uh and and uh, this that seems to be the new theme but i think 
part of that, Elliot, uh, the message here is, uh, look, stop being so friendly with China. I mean, that seemed to be implied. Uh, you know, we, we just seem to let our guard down. We're letting a lot of Chinese companies uh, buy into, well, you talked about natural resources and mineral rights. Right. Uh, they've got a foothold here, and a lot of it, and into universities as well, because, and they do it financially. And, uh, you know, I think probably Mr. Blinken was, was reminding our government, these guys don't play nicely. And, uh, you know, we've got to be careful about that. And once you give them a foothold, uh, you don't know what they're going to do. You know, the, the, especially when it comes to things, say, some of the minerals that we have here in this country that I'm sure the U.S. is going to be looking at when they start to develop uh, to a higher extent their electric vehicle industries. Yes. Very, very uh, to the point. China has, uh, more broadly speaking, a far-sighted and strategic goal in a whole variety of areas to emerge as the dominant global power by 2049. Uh, they have policies to match that, we do not. They have had policies for some time now in terms of securing access to the globe's uh, rare earth metals. The, uh, there's a variety of terms to it, but basically China has emerged by having a strategy when other countries, including us, we do not have a strategy for locking in control over the over the future and in, in technology and in other ways, but certainly in terms of these rare earth uh, minerals and earth and uh, elements, there's various terms for it, but there's 17 that are very key. And China is absolutely, because of strategic planning, and when others do not have strategic planning, dominates that, that uh, market. I've been reading up on it. They control something like 85% of the world's mining around the world, but also within China and inner Mongolia, of those rare earths. But what has not been as much noticed is they also dominate in the refining. So we can go ahead and supply, as Melanie Jolie pointed out in Asia, uh, we can supply some of those which countries would like uh, to uh, get the rare earth for the EV vehicles coming. And there's a lot of interest in Canada in that regard. But there's also... <laughs> the refining of it, not just digging it up, the refining of it, and also in the manufacturing of the downstream products that come out of it, such as magnets, where they are even more dominant because they have a strategic vision and others don't. We are now in the process of acquiring that street strategic vision, uh, but we are, uh, we're starting late and we'll have to hustle. Well, and I guess the United States is looking, uh, as Europe, I'm sure, is also looking at uh, what's happening in Ukraine, and for that matter, what's happening in Germany. Uh, if you become reliant on one of these uh, stations, well, Russia, China come to mind, uh, and all of a sudden they decide to pull the plug, as, as Russia has with uh, with fuel for Germany and for Eastern right. Europe and Western Europe, I guess now, for that matter, uh, you're, you're in, a, in a very precarious situation. The United States doesn't want to be there with the development of EVs. They're, they're going to be looking to Canada to, to step up here, aren't they? Yes, there's a lot of interest now. Canada, of course, you know, here in Ontario, we've got the ring of fire. Quebec is a major player. But we've had impediments to the, to the um, effective utilization of those resources, in part because we haven't focused on them. So my, my broader point is that China has a strategic vision and others are just waking up to the need for a strategic vision and putting the elements in place uh, to, in this case, in the case of the minerals, saying we're not any longer going to allow China just to come in and scoop up anything we want. There's now, it's just announced, a much more uh, 
rigid review process. We're going to say no a lot more frequently. We aren't going to permit it. But again, we internally have had issues of getting access. And there's all kinds of reasons for it, in part because we need to deal with the First Nations on a fair and equitable way. And so we need to step up our game if we're going to get into the game, really, of providing that alternative to what China has already acquired. Uh, would part of that message also then be, Elliot, that, uh, listen, this is what we want you to do, and as you say, Canada's already taking steps in that direction, uh, that if there's a concern here about pushback from China, that uh, the United States is going to say, look, we got your back here. Uh, that's what this organization that we're forming right now is all about, uh, so that you know we, we, we speak with one voice, uh, which that hasn't always been the case, has it? Well, that's, that's the, uh, the problem we're dealing with, a, a superpower in the case of China, which has decided really now to assert itself uh, in a very aggressive way, having very quietly laid the groundwork, and part of it through their Belt and Road Initiative, a trillion-dollar investment in tying countries to China. And also, by the way, the, uh, the routers, not just the roads. But the, the Chinese have a long-term strategic vision implemented in a variety of fields, including rare metals, and we are now playing catch-up on this, U.S. is playing an, uh, an important role, and they are looking to Canada. And Canada, you know, I don't want to be too negative on this. Canada repeatedly talks about we need to do more in certain areas. And in my case, uh, since I'm an Asianist, we need to do more in, in terms of the Indo-Pacific. I think we are about to do so, but I am looking for the kinds of strategic vision matched by resources which Asia will then say, yes, they are serious. And the U.S. will then be able to say, yes, they are serious. So going forward, we're not going to be left out and have to play catch up on some of these various um, emerging strategic uh, geopolitical infrastructures, physical infrastructures, but also security infrastructures. Is there going to be, this is, as you say, an economic partnership, uh, but there are certainly, uh, you know, political overtones to this as well. This is not just a trading situation here. Uh, it's also sending a message to China here, isn't it? Yes. Uh, but our message has been, has been um, I don't know how to put it gently, but our, our message has been not consistent as it should be. We, uh, we had our own issues with the two Michaels. Uh, mm -hmm. Then the question becomes, and it's, it's a broader question, not just for Canada, but for others around the world, particularly middle powers, but also uh, the global south. What do you do about an emerging China that is so economically powerful? It is the number one trading power, uh, partner or number two or three of most of the states of the world, including uh, the EU. What do you do in order to constrain their negative behavior and still not say that uh, we're going to cut off our own prosperity we're going to pay a whole lot more at every Canadian tire for every product in order to avoid China. So it, there's a lot of thorny questions here, but the beginning of it is, is the realization which is spreading that we do have to deal with this in a way that uh, is, is new and different. We have to realize this is not the China of yore. It's not the China of what we would like them to be, or for that matter, Russia. It's the China that's an anti-democratic alternative. And they put it this way. Uh, they, they, Xi Jinping has really come out and said, we are providing an alternative way in the world. We are going to have a different approach 
and we think others should follow our way of doing business, which means an authoritarian as opposed to democratic way. At the same time, China wants to be seen as a uh, as a reliable partner. You can do business with us on our terms. Uh, yeah, just don't bring up human rights. Uh, don't bring up uh, hostage diplomacy. And uh, by the way, we should remind ourselves too that uh, you talked about the two Michaels. Uh, Canada is not the only country that's been victimized by that. Oh, no. uh, there are foreign nationals from many countries that are imprisoned in China these days that we just don't hear about. Yes, and we, uh, Australia and Canada often look to each other or at each other in terms of a middle power's role in, in an emerging world. We have, of course, a different geographic situation, as you pointed out. Australia is there, and we aren't uh, ge geographically. But uh, Australia has been very bold in taking on China. They, they lost business. They were punished, but they stood steadfast. The Canadian, again, I, I don't want to be too harsh on this. We are living next to the superpower in the world, the gravitational pull of dealing bilaterally with the U.S. and only noticing the external environment from time to time. That's kind of a natural product, I suppose, of where we live as opposed to where Australia lives. We are members of the Comprehensive and Progressive Trans-Pacific Partnership, the TPP. We put on those other initials. Uh, but we, we almost blew that one at the, at the very start in Vietnam at some meetings. Of course, we have a free trade pact, as Canada points out, with all the G7 countries. We're the only country in the G7 that has a form of free trade pact with all others. So we are a trading nation. But what do you do when the number one trading nation in the world is a China? And that's what we're all coming to grips with. And that's the conversation you and I are having now. How are we going to deal with an emergent China that says they want to rewrite the rules? They don't believe in a and the rules-based international order, which has been the sustaining, the sustaining basis of our prosperity and security. Well, it's uh, fascinating to see this unfolding and, uh, and to manifest itself in uh, what's going to be happening in the next little while, uh, especially with further meetings, as you mentioned, with the uh, the G20 and the G7s coming up uh, shortly. Yes. Uh, uh, we've got to leave it there, Elliot. Uh, sadly, we're out of time, uh, but uh, more to come on this, to be sure. Thanks so much for this today. Always good to talk with you, Bill. Elliot Tepper from uh, Carleton University. Thank you, Elliot. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.